0: Welcome to the Counsellors of Real Estate Thought Leaders podcast series. In these 10-minute episodes, we discuss prevailing issues of our times. I'm Bill McCarthy, CRE, 2003 Global Chair of the Counsellors of Real Estate and President of WPJ McCarthy and Company here in Burnaby, British Columbia, Canada. Counsellors of Real Estate are trusted advisors finding solutions to complex real estate challenges. Experienced innovated, and credentialed problem solvers. Counselors reside in 21 countries, practice in many more, and offer expertise in over 60 real estate disciplines across all asset classes. Each has earned the prestigious CRE designation. Our guest for this episode is Tim Savage, PhD CRE, professor and director Of the Crefsey Center for Real Estate Finance at New York University's Shaq Institute of Real Estate, and the co-director at NYU's School of Professional Studies Applied Analytics Lab. Welcome, Tim.
1: Uh, Thanks for having me. It's great to be here.
0: So today we're going to be talking about artificial intelligence. And so a first question would be, from a 50,000-foot level, what would you say the current status and discussion is regarding artificial intelligence and its future and potential impact on real estate?
1: Um, I think the, the, at the 50,000 foot level, the biggest question is how are we going to integrate uh, alternative data or big data as it used to be called into doing analytics for commercial real estate? Uh, and, and at a 50,000 foot level, We should see this as as sort of being AI 3.0. AI 1.0 was was beginning to collect data on rent and vacancy, on cap rates. This occurred some time ago. And AI 2.0 was the work that Bill Wheaton and Ray Torto did in forecasting rents and vacancies, the work that Bob White did in forecasting cap rates based on Uh, the data they had collected based on transactional data. AI 3.0 looks very much like the prop tech startup I work with called haystacks.ai, where we are focused on a newer asset class, uh, the single family rental market. And we are integrating both new forms of data, alternative forms of data, and new techniques at forecasting. And that that really is the 50,000 foot level of how we've moved from AI 1.0 to 2.0, and now the emerging 3.0.
0: Thank you. Given the importance of data in real estate, what does it mean for a a traditionally conservative commercial real estate industry historically associated with slow technology adaptation?
1: Uh, I, I, I think it means that the industry is going to have to adapt much more rapidly than perhaps they're comfortable with at the moment. In, in the US, we, we have moved from uh, what was a crisis in uh, retail 15 years ago to what is frankly a crisis now in office. And, and our ability to measure uh, things accurately using real time data will become critical to investors uh, in real estate as they decide what properties they want to exit and, and with those proceeds, what properties they want to acquire. So again, it is the reliance on newer forms of data, the the older forms, the, the, the data coming out of the big brokerage shops just isn't accurate, granular, or timely enough for the industry to react. So the industry, frankly, doesn't have the luxury of saying, well, we're a conservative industry that that uh, does deals individually, the, the data revolution is upon them, AI 3.0 is upon them. And I, I would say, frankly, if you're an investor, you don't have the luxury of waiting any longer.
0: Thank you. The power of AI is increasingly being leveraged across the full building life cycle. What does a or AI 2.0 and even A1 3.0 look like?
1: So again, I I would step back to the past and and ask everyone to think about the life cycle. AI 1.0 really was the the beginning of collecting data in commercial real estate. So organizations like NACREF coming up with uh, standardized sets of accounts, so you could actually compare NOIs on buildings. As, as commercial real estate became an asset class unto itself when we think about it relative to cash or bonds or equities. And, and we could begin to measure performance. And that very much was AI 1.0. And, and that was then later extended to the work that uh, Bill Wheaton and Ray Torto did in collect, uh, in collecting rent and vacancy data, the work that Bob White did in collecting transactional cap rate data, and, and once they had enough of it, beginning the process of forecasting. And that was sort of AI 2.0. And, and <clears throat> those techniques were fairly rudimentary. Uh, they remain fairly rudimentary. They're very informative, but there are newer and better techniques that we have. And, and that's what we're really trying to achieve at Haystacks is uh, AI 3.0 which is to adopt what we call probabilistic thinking about the future, uh, where we use and we allow our clients to use massive uh, simulation techniques to look at broad distributions of the future of of rents in this emerging single-family rental market. And and 3.0, in its... In, in one way, looks very much like 1.0. We're still early in the days of merging in massive databases into one clean data source that, that includes everything from uh, sentiment data collected from, um, from uh, chat to the more traditional rent and vacancy data that the industry is accustomed to using. But having done that, we we have embraced a new thinking that has emerged in what we used to call econometrics, what we now call data science, which is to think about things probabilistically, to think about distributions of potential outcomes. And and that allows us to essentially empower uh, clients to thinking about their risk and return profile, because ultimately, at the end of the day, you have to rely on the client to tell you this is our risk and return profile. We, we, we need, if we're a pension fund, we need to minimize risk subject to getting a 7% return. And so what we allow at Haystacks is to uh, allow them to simulate potential outcomes uh, and, and simulate a, a, a massive number of potential outcomes so they can think about the distribution of risk that they may face subject to hitting that 7% return. And in in doing that, we we hope to basically make the single family rental market what the office market was in the 1980s, at least in the US, sort of an emergent area that longer term investors could think about because they were able to essentially do risk calculation subject to a minimum return
0: just two quick perspective questions tim um is the ai um movement and discussion and potential applications is it moving at the right speed from your perspective um it seems to have just come out of i won't say nowhere but it's been so accelerated over the last little while so do you think that we have a grip of this can we control the genie or is it out of the bottle
1: um the genie is out of the bottle. Uh, I think this has become a very salient, uh, salient area because of things like ChatGPT and what is called generative AI, this idea that you could feed a bot a question and it could do a massive dump from the internet uh, of what is a reasonably coherent question. So we, we recognize in academia, the genie is out of the bottle. Uh, with the crisis in the office market that's emerging in the US because work from home seems to be much more permanent, the genie's out of the bottle there too. So we're not, we're not going to stuff the genie back into bottle. What we can do though is ask a different question, not what is AI, but what is the function and the purpose of AI? And I think that's a much more informative question. And, and in fact, I'm going to be writing a piece on that uh, for real estate issues over the summer.
0: So everybody, please look for that. That's the Counselors of Real Estate Peer reviewed Journal. Excellent articles. And Tim's uh, article pending will be very, very pertinent. One last question. I can't let you go as a professor. What are you telling your students about preparing for their careers in real estate in the AI era?
1: Yeah, also a great question. Um, So we at Shack developed uh, what I think is a unique Course in data analytics. Um, I teach it every year that, that really looks at the gamut of, of AI as it's applied to real estate. And it begins with the, the sort of traditional way of thinking about questions, formalized hypothesis testing, but it moves into the area of, uh, of time series analysis, the, the kind of the core thing that, that uh, Bill. Wheaton and Ray Torto brought to the industry, and then ends on a probabilistic approach to the whole area of analytics, which which we technically call Bayesianism. Uh, easier just to call it probabilistic modeling. But but that's what we're doing on the education front. And and when I ask questions of students, <clears throat> I try to ask questions in a manner that ChatGPT couldn't answer. ChatGPT can do the coding for them. What it can't do is answer the very technical questions that I pose to them on projects and exams and things like that. So that's at least how we're adapting.
0: Yeah, thank you. And I think the word keyword there is adapting. Right. Thank thank you, Tim. Leveraging, you bet. Thank you, Tim. Leveraging AI machine learning to facilitate operations, interpret market signals and explain their implications for real estate and the broader economy can only have a positive impact on investment discussions and revenue growth, again, based upon how it's adapted. Uh, join us next time for another discussion on one of the prevailing issues of our times. I'm Bill McCarthy on behalf of counselors of real estate. Thank you, Tim, and thank you for joining us for this Thought Leaders podcast. Goodbye. Thank you. Bye
1: bye.